Travel, Eat, and Learn. I'm Susan Sam Shockley. And I'm Patrick Barney. And our title says it all, Travel, because we believe the world is a book and those who do not travel only read one page. Eat, because we believe that the only way to experience a place is through their food and the people. And learn, because we want you to have fun, but we want you to learn all about the cultures and the cuisine that you enjoy on your vacations. Thank you for watching this episode. It's being brought to you by For More Travel. Where you dream it and they make it happen. And Sam, we are the they. All right. All right, as usual, we're here to give you travel news you can use. Well, I tell you, we are into spring here, and I'm a little slow, you know, the pollen, stuff like that, you know. Most people blow their nose. I kind of clean my ears every day. It's just a, just a thing about me. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's talk about some of the fun things that people are looking forward to do this summer. And this is the time to plan and book. And the first one I want to talk about, if you're going to Europe, do not overlook your rail that train system that goes into every country in eastern western europe and they are well organized they are well done they have great benefits and you can buy a pass that you buy it and it's good in all the countries in western europe whether it's germany france uh, spain italy uh, or even england so that you buy this pass it's good for X amount of years, or X amount of years, X amount of days or months, depending upon what you're going to do, and then you can use that train all over the time. It is a great thing. Do not, the train system in Europe is incredibly better than our system. And they have wonderful first class where they have tables in between the seats, and there's wonderful food and clean bathrooms. Not it's to mention, well, not only that, they also have, remember, they have a lot more uh, high-speed trains in Europe than we have, okay? We took, last time we were in France, we took a high-speed train from Paris to Marseille, the whole length of the country, and we did it in two and a half hours, we and it was beautiful. We actually took it from Marseille to, to Lyon. No. No, Arles. No, Arles. we took... Oh, Arles. We, we took it from Paris to Arles. You went the wrong way. No. Yes. No. Yes, we got on Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we got on the train and we were confused as to where to get off because they don't say Arles the way we say Arles, A-R-L-E-S. They go, Ruff. Like I don't. I don't dog. think. I don't think they said that. They did too. It but, was. <laughs> but luck. But luckily, there was a young man that simply said, "I'll tell you when the stop comes." Okay. Otherwise, we'd have been back to Paris. All right. All okay. Right. All right. And then another place that's coming into its own is Portugal. You know, we've all heard about France, Italy, and Spain, but Portugal in the Dum uh, Dumro Valley which is their wine country. The best way to see that is in a riverboat, okay? And Sixth Sense, as you come up in the riverboat, there is a, a villa complex. I say complex because it is a five-star thing right along the river. And it's got 
helicopter rides to the vineyards that are further away, and it has close hand vineyards that you can just walk to. But if you want to have a first class view of Portugal, look at this countryside. Isn't it beautiful? Think of six cents in Portugal. Great resort. Now, last week we told you that we were hopefully going to go from Portugal to Dublin on Windstar Cruises, the yacht ship, the masted yacht ship. Well, I have to tell you, they are having a sale. We cannot get through to pay them, so we may not go. And you were also going to tell us about Napa Valley. Uh, Napa Valley? Yes. I was? Yes, you were. That's why that script's right there says S. You remember? Isn't that amazing? Maybe because of that great resort, if you like the one in Portugal, you should see this one in Napa Valley if you don't want to go to Europe. It is right in the middle of the vineyards. And what is it called, Sam? It's called Auberge du Soleil. Look at this. It's got 50 guest rooms and a, right in the middle of the vineyards so that you have great food, great wine, and great views. These are just three things you can do for your summer vacation. Plan them now because these places fill up really fast for the summer. All right, Sam. There is no... Stopping ice, me. No. no stopping me. No, there, that too. But there is, no, <laughs> there is no ice cube jazz tonight because we are go drinking wine, a wonderful, a wonderful Italian wine from northeast uh, Venice area. And we're drinking it because we are going to, from here to a party, a wine tasting, and a meeting, and a great meal at the Italian American Club. So we are coating our stomach with good Italian wine <laughs> to get through the night, okay? We don't, want, we don't like to mix our drinks, so there's not that. However, Sam, we do have Sam Walks on Water. I do. If, woo, that was weird. <laughs> she tiptoed on that one. Okay, now we're doing it without sound. <laughs> if you long for a rich cruise experience, you cannot get that rich cruise experience by going to your computer. We have partnered with Travel Leaders Network. This is a New York network that's come together with an Alexandria, Virginia, vacation.com to give us so many wonderful things that we can offer to you. They have something called distinctive voyages. And what's so marvelous about distinctive voyages is that they have a travel host for the people who have signed up as distinctive voyagers, meaning there could be 20, there could be 50, there could be 100, but you have a host of your very own who will help you with excursions and uh, different reservations and uh, give you the ins and outs and help be helpful to you. They are a travel agent from another part of the country that's invited on to escort you on this cruise. Then they have a private cocktail party so that you get to know all of the lovely people who've signed up for this wonderful distinctive voyage. 
They also have uh, an excursion, a wonderful excursion that is not offered by their excursion department. Sometimes it's a castle. Sometimes it is an intimate tour of a wine winery. Uh, it is just for you. Who and are it's always free. Distinctive voyagers, yes. The whole enchilada, all of these three things are free. And they're no different from if you go and you get your cruise by yourself or you get it through me, not a dime more. But you do have to go through me. Now, there is June 21st, Cunard is going to Norway and they are going to take you to a castle. And it's uh, an amazing trip. Now, well, Queen Elizabeth on Cunard is an amazing trip itself. Yes, it the is. The cruise ship isn't itself. It? Well, yes. Uh, they also have culinary cruises, which uh, they have sh chefs, they have demonstrations, they take you to restaurants in the towns that they go to, uh, they have shore excursions that have wonderful wine tastings, and sometimes they can offer a onboard credit or either one of these things can offer an onboard credit or something else special. So So now you're in my you now you're in my wheel your wheelhouse. My wheelhouse when it yes. comes to culinary cruises. First of all, almost all the cruise ships today have some kind of a chef table thing. Now if if you're doing one of uh, our uh, special programs, sometimes that's included in it. Sometimes it's a little extra, but you, it's usually something like between a seven or a 12 course meal with a different wine at each course, explained by the chef on the ship. With less than 20 people, yeah. and it has a line of uh, wine glasses in front of you, and you have Wagyu, most of the time we've had Wagyu. Okay, that's, that that's really going to turn the people on. If you're extra, into Wagyu, go to this, okay? <laughs> that's that extra special, extra, extra expensive beef. I don't happen to like it because it's so infused with fat. Well, but if you have seven courses, you don't need to eat the Wagyu. Okay, good. <laughs> I can just see them calling us up now and say, I want that chef table, but I don't want that Wagyu. Okay, make sure I don't get any of that crap on my plate. We've done it several times where we've been in the disco and there's 14 people and they can take a picture looking down on all of us. It's, it's really fun. One time we actually ate in the kitchen. Now I'm talking about a kitchen that serves 2,000 people at a time. It is amazing. White tablecloths and people running around and serving you. Um, these distinctive voyages and these culinary voyages both include all of the things that I've mentioned and they are very special. Give us a call. All right. Let's move on to My Vegas Beyond the Strip. We had an opportunity uh, not too long ago to go to the Ma Museum, which is downtown Vegas, just off Fremont Street. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most unique things. I'm sure you all know that Las Vegas has always had a rich history. It 
technically the, the casino side was, was really founded by the mob in the late 50s, and they came in here and made it what it was today. But so there's a rich history there. And we've gone to the museum a couple times to see it. And uh, we went for a special occasion that Sam's going to talk about after this little video. But just to show you some of the things they have in the Ma Museum, it's a three-story freestanding building. It's one of the things you definitely want to see when you're in Vegas. Take a look at it. Museum is in a building that the Kefauver people had their trial in. And who was the lawyer for the mob? Our ex-mayor, or the Las Vegas ex-mayor. We're from Henderson. Anyway, <laughs> now we met Chris Lyon. This was the fifth anniversary of the Mob Museum. Chris Lyon wrote this book, and she wrote the book about Fred Burke. Who's Fred Burke? Fred Burke is the man who actually did the Valentine Massacre. How do we know this? Because no one was ever tried or convicted for the Valentine Massacre? Well, let me tell you. I'm from Chicago. We had a home in New Buffalo, Michigan, 60 miles away. Just about 20 miles from there is St. Joseph. St. Joe was a place we used to go to dinner, to dine. And so when I heard this story that Chris Lyon was going to be there talking about Fred Burke and that he lived in St. Joseph, I just had to go. Now, Fred Burke just sped away from Chicago that day to his little town of St. Joseph. And sometime later, he had a minor traffic infraction and was picked up by the police. Well, when they went to his home, they found the exact bullets that were in the ma uh, Valentine Massacre. They found the guns. They found the bombs. They found an arsenal in his house, which brought them to believe that he was involved in the massacre. They put him in jail for something else, unrelated, and he spent the rest of his life there. However, he was like a Gotti. He was like a movie star. He, they, everyone loved him. And people visited him until the day he died. And he's buried right there on the prison lawn. You can go and visit him. And there's this wonderful book that Chris Lyon wrote about the area. And I just loved it. Now, the first time I went to the Mob Museum, I did not like it. Why did I not like it? Because there was a party on the third floor that the mayor of, New, of Las Vegas was giving. And so I didn't see much Chicago. And being from Chicago, I know a lot about the mob. We're very proud of our mob. And so we went back and we have seen the third floor. I'm satisfied with the Chicago mob in the mob museum. Well, there's something to be proud about, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. 
And you know, it's not just old news with them. They also are the murder capital of the uh, Chicago today. But it's okay. not romantic like it used to be. Okay. Well, the big thing about it that impressed me about the Mom Museum is that they actually had, from the Valentine's Day Massacre, in the museum, a piece of the wall that the guys stood up against when they got machine gunned. They get the bullets, the bullets, the guns, everything else. It was amazing exhibit, and it's just one of many in there. So if you're in town, you want to stop at the Mob Museum, okay? Sam, now we got a new segment called Travel Partner Spotlight. Now, we have been in this business for 20-some years, and we have learned over the years that there are some suppliers and some wholesalers that are very, very good, and some that are okay. And that's what we plan, that's what we look for. We look for someone that does a good job consistently. And what we decided to do on our show was occasionally spotlight one of these uh, partners that we have that can give you a great time for, and a great value for your money. Now. Tonight, we picked AMA Waterways, which is, in our opinion, one of the best river cruises in uh, Europe. We've been on an MAA both in, in uh, Germany and in France. And just take a look at this uh, little commercial on it to show you. You just can't believe how relaxing, how beautiful and enjoyable a good river cruise in Europe is all about. On an AMA Waterways River Cruise, it's not just about the destination, it's the journey. It's returning to luxury after a day of exploring. It's indulging and relaxing in a five-star floating hotel. Because it's not just about where you go, 
It's how you get there that matters. Alma Waterways River Cruises. The beauty of a river cruise is that it has all the amenities of a cruise ship, but you're in the rivers of Europe and you're up close and personal with all these towns and cities that you don't have to drive to. You just relax and there they are. You got shore excursions, you got wine tastings. It's a beautiful one and AMA we've worked with for years and it's, I can think, one of the best. Well, there's some that don't include all the excursions. They don't include um, liquor uh, at five o'clock. Um, and this one does. This one is exceptional. It's a step above. And we've been on it twice. Uh, the first time we were on it, there was an unfortunate experience where um, the rivers, all the rivers were too high. And I have to tell you, they kept us busy every single day. And they were just amazing. Uh, and two executives we met this past week in Los Angeles, they remembered us from the 2013 River Cruise. That's amazing within itself. However, they made it quite, they gave us a free cruise for the trouble. And there's no other river cruise line that did offer that. Uh, so we were very lucky. We do enjoy Ama Waterways. It's a step up. It's an Italian line. And we love it. All right. Well, what more could you want? OK? We didn't drown. <laughs> All right. Now, if you remember on our last show, we started a new thing that said uh, birthday shout outs. So let's try another one today. All right. Now, we remember we asked you to call in or email us with birthdays that you want to celebrate. Well, obviously, nobody has any friends in this month. <laughs> Okay, because nobody said it's a birthday. So, you know, it's your own fault. I'm sticking in my family then if you haven't done it. And I'm going to shout out to my oldest daughter, Peg, and her husband, Craig. Their birthdays are, are, their birthdays are in April, the 10th and the 11th, and they're just two days apart. And this is uh, when we were with them in a uh, ski lift, I guess, in Colorado. But uh, happy birthday to you guys. I hope you're having a good day. I hope the snow is finally over in Denver, where you live. And that's our birthday shout out. I'm sorry. If you if you got a relative or a friend, send us the information. Oh, and a picture would be a big help. Patrick's going to have to do a shout out to me next. Yeah, I'm trying to find pictures that are developed. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> All right, so much for the birthday. Sam, now we're coming to the end of our show again, and we have to ask, where the hell is it? Last show, we had a question that said, I don't understand why the bunnies are connected with eggs, you know, bunnies and eggs. It's chicken and eggs that go together, okay? And I said, but it's a tradition that comes from Europe, and it was brought to the United States by an immigrant fam a group, 
And that's how it finally got to America, and it's, it's changed like everything in, in, uh, over the years and over the centuries. And I asked you, what country started the Easter Bunny thing, and in what state did they bring it to the United States and kind of set it up as one of their traditions that they brought with us? Yes, but you told them Germany. Last no, time. did I tell them? Yes, you did. Well, it you... still didn't help because <laughs> only one, only one person guessed, and he was wrong. The names are withheld uh, to protect the innocent. Okay, it was Germany. They, in the 12th century, came up with this bunny thing, and they, it changed. In fact, there was some debate within Germany in the Middle Ages in this Renaissance time: is it a chicken or a bunny? Is it a chicken or a bunny? So they had the same problem. But by the time yeah, uh, they came to America with this tradition. The bunny was the one who colored and hid the eggs. And so therefore, it was from Germany. And where did they bring this tradition? They where? brought it to I'm Pennsylvania. To they brought it to Pennsylvania. The, what we would call the, the uh, Pennsylvania Dutch people brought this with you. Now, as an older person, okay, I got to tell you uh, something I learned. If you're over 65, to make your Easter egg hunt, which is coming up, a lot more fun. You can do it by yourself because at our age, when you hide those Easter eggs and you only wait a half an hour, you don't know where the hell they are. So you don't need kids. Run out in your backyard, hide a half a dozen, go in and have a cup of coffee, and then guess where you put them. So true. So true. All right. So, so that's my Easter insight for you guys this week. Okay. Now, we do have another question, though, Sam. I'm sure we do. We do. And I looked hard and long for this. Do you realize people collect things? They collect them all the time. What we have here is a collection of twine that is used to hold together hay bales. Okay, so there is a town in the United States that has been collecting these strings since 1956. And the town now has, as of 2013, they have a ball of twine that is 40 feet in diameter and weighs 19,750 19, pounds. That's a lot of twine. What I wanted to know Name the town and name the state it's in. Where is this ball of twine? Because there are a lot of people in the United States who may want to go and see this. Every year tourists come and they add more twine to it to keep it going. Where is the ball of twine? Twine. 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 <laughs> okay. Anyway, where is it? Name the town, name the city for next time or the state. All right? And remember, if you've heard anything on this show that you'd like to book or if you'd like some secrets that I can tell you. We have millions of them. Just give us a call or go to our website or email us www.formoretravel.com. I'm Sam Shockley and I want to thank you for joining us. And I'm Patrick Barney and we'll see you next time and I hope you have a very happy Easter and a good family fun day.